Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we will continue with our monthly Muni conversation. Joining us once again, glad to welcome back Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Our conversation today will tie into the latest Municipal Market Guide Fall Expectations from the Chief Investment Office, which does have a spotlight on closed-end funds, so we're fortunate to have with us as well today, Sangita Marfadia, Senior Closed-End Fund Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So first off, Kathleen, Sangita, thank you both for dropping by, spending some time with our advisors and clients, and looking forward to our conversation. Welcome back. Thank you, Dan. Absolutely. So to start, Kathleen, Muni investors, they have faced a challenging return environment in recent time. Can you bring us up to speed a bit in terms of the performance drivers, what you've been picking up on and how this all has impacted fund flows? Sure, Dan. I mean, the the rate shock that we saw in September in the broader rates market did spill over to impact munis. And in fact, it placed severe downward pressure on bond prices. As a point of reference, the sector witnessed losses of almost 3% for the month. That was the largest monthly loss we saw in Muni since April of 2022. In addition, heading into October, the Muni sector was facing two other headwinds. First, net cash outflows from open-end municipal mutual funds were accelerating, and that was, uh, in fact, reflecting that high interest rate volatility that we saw. Second, at the same time, the new issue calendar was building, which is consistent with seasonal trends. These factors all contributed to a much weaker tone in the market through the first week of October. More recently, however, a strong rally in safe haven assets following the Hamas attack on Israel over the weekend amid geopolitical tensions remains the principal market driver, also pulling muni yields now lower. By midweek, as you probably already know, the 10-year U.S. government benchmark note fell by roughly 25 basis points to now sit at around 4.56%. At the same time, the 10-year AAA muni benchmark yield was pulled lower at slightly less magnitude. We saw that yield fall by 20 basis points to now sit at 3.56%. Thank you, Kathleen, for that update. Since we're on the topic, I quickly want to highlight, I know you authored a recent blog, Muni Bond Bullets. Uh, This came out on October 10th, which talks about the recent pullback in Muni yield performance in recent weeks. So I do want to highlight that for our clients and advisors listening in. So, Kathleen, as we look ahead a bit, it's hard to believe only a couple of months remaining in 2023. What's your performance outlook for Muni's? Where do we go from here? Uh, Sure. At this stage, Dan, you know, we do anticipate volatility to remain high, you know, reflecting near-term worries that the Hamas-Israel war could spill over into a broader regional conflict. I mean, that situation does remain fluid. Despite the rally seen in safe haven assets, including munis, in recent days, yields on tax-exempt paper are still at the highest level seen in a decade. So should we see signs that the war in the Middle East can be contained, we expect investors will shift their attention back to Fed policy, which is what we were focused on before last week. And what I'd say is with attractive tax-exempt yields now on offer and a Fed either close to or near the end of their monetary policy cycle, 
We think that demand for munis can pick up in the months ahead, and the market performance can in turn benefit and perhaps rally toward year-end. So, Kathleen, as far as positioning as you do each month within the Muni Market Guide, you do highlight for readers some portfolio themes for consideration. Uh, Those, by the way, can be found on page six. Any portfolio themes in particular you would like to highlight for us today, Kathleen? Uh, Sure, Dan. In our Municipal Market Guide this month, we did highlight three themes for muni portfolios. First, given the uncertain rate environment and the shape of the muni curve, we continue to favor barbells positioning in munis. While yields on short-dated tax-exempt paper at the one-year and two-year spots are certainly appealing, we also believe that having an allocation to longer-dated munis in the 12-year to 20-year spots for more sustainable income and the potential for capital gains appreciation if benchmark yields fall, as we expect, is prudent. As a point of reference, yields on AA high-grade munis at the 20-year maturity point now sit at roughly 4.35%. That's up from 3.5% at the end of July, so that's up over 100 basis points. On a taxable equivalent yield basis, a 4.35% tax exempt translates to 7.3%. That reflects a top marginal federal tax rate of 40.8%. If we did factor in state and local taxes, the taxable equivalent yields would move much higher. Second, in credit, we continue to favor positioning in high-quality sectors in face of slower economic growth into 2024. Essential service water and sewer authorities municipal electric utilities, and state governments make that list. For our latest thinking on on states, we did publish a new report titled States, Resilient Strength, and that report was dated September 26th. And finally, in our guide, we do highlight taxless harvesting as an important portfolio theme as we head into year-end. Keep in mind that following the increase in muni yields over the past few years, many individual bonds are now posting unrealized losses. Now, while wash sale rules do exist, We think muni investors may be able to lower their tax liability while shifting from underperforming securities to those securities better positioned for current market conditions. Okay, so quite a few considerations there when it comes to themes for a portfolio. And the state's publication you cited, Kathleen, I will highlight, is available up on UBS.com slash CIO for our listeners to reference. I do want to welcome Sangita Marfadia into the conversation, pivoting a bit if we focus on this month's Spotlight article, which is located on page 8 within the guide. It does focus on the performance of leveraged closed-end funds. So, Sangeeta, what highlights can you share with us today? Sure, Dan. So, what we did is we looked at what's happening to the leveraged closed-end funds and why the funds are down year to date. And we also highlight the fact that things impacting the leveraged funds, but non-leveraged funds have performed better. So, first, why are muni closed-end funds down year to date? We're down double digit, as Kathleen mentioned, just month of September alone. Closed-end funds were down quite a bit. Muni market was down three. Closed-end funds are less liquid. They also use leverage, and therefore they were almost down somewhere between 6 to 8% on average. This is for the funds we cover. As a result, we've also seen discounts widening. Closed-end funds are trading at double-digit discounts. We have not seen these discounts since March 2020. That was the beginning of pandemic. In terms of stock prices on closed-end funds, we have not seen these prices since 2008-2009 financial crisis. And assuming this goes on, Kathleen mentioned we're getting into weaker periods uh, for the muni market itself, we could be down two consecutive years 
for the closed-end funds. That has not happened in a very long time. Now, because closed-end funds borrow based on short rates and as rates have been rising, so not only are the muni bonds that the funds own impacted because of higher rates, borrowing costs have been going up. That means muni funds' income is going down. As a result, we've seen distribution cuts. And in some cases, pretty significant distribution cuts, almost 20 25%. And because we also saw distribution cuts last year, that's what's keeping some of the investors away. With these price declines, we have seen distribution rates go down to as low as 4% in some leveraged closed-end funds. On the brighter side, non-leveraged funds have actually seen their distributions go up and their market prices have also gone up where funds are actually either flat or slightly up for the year. What do we expect for rest of the year? Going forward, I think tax loss selling season is going to continue so into end of the year. We should see a little bit of buying, which historically has happened beginning of December. People do begin to look at closed-end funds. If we continue to see them trading at these discounts, prices are going down, distribution yields for new investors will be higher. So, At 5% plus higher distribution rates, we should see new investors come into the funds. And of course, as Fed clarifies, whether they come to a stop in terms of raising rates or talk about when they will possibly cut in 2024, that's what's going to help the mini closed-end funds overall. Sangita, thank you for helping us to manage expectations and appreciate that guidance as well. So as we're wrapping up a couple of highlights, I do again want to point out that the Municipal Market Guide Fall Expectations, which Kathleen and Sangita have been referencing, along with Kathleen's recent blog, Muni Bond Bullets, both pieces are available now up on UBS.com slash CIO, though for clients of UBS, you can of course reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of Kathleen's blog or the Municipal Market Guide Fall Expectations directly. Though again, today we have been joined by Kathleen McNamara and Sangita Marfadia from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kathleen, Sangita, thank you both for your time and insights today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Dan. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.